Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Central Michigan Life Cover Story Podcast. Uh, welcome back to school. I hope you guys had uh, a wonderful break and, and holidays. Uh, now it's time to get back and get into the swing of things. hope you guys picked up a copy of, of Central Michigan Life today where we talked and heard from some students who uh, maybe had different uh, break experience, didn't get to go home at the start of break with their families, but they formed their own families uh, in alternative winter breaks. Uh, alternative breaks program at CMU is sponsored by the Volunteer Center. Um, it's ranked in the top five categories nationally by Breakaway. Uh, they hope to send about 700 students out uh, through the entire year, through winter, the summer, and the spring. Uh, and it's kind of just a way for, for students who have a passion for volunteering to get involved at the beginning of, of the break. Um, so I am joined by a, a site leader for the break. His name is Colin McNamara. He's a senior from Canton. And your break was Access to Youth and Recreation in Asheville, North Carolina. Is that correct, Colin? Yeah, Access to Sports and Rec, yep. All right. So can you tell me a little bit about your trip? Uh, when did you leave and how was you know the process like? Yeah, um, we left on the 17th, I believe. Uh, that was a Saturday, I'm pretty sure. And we stayed till the day before Christmas Eve, the 23rd. And throughout the week, um, basically, we just worked at the YMCA Youth Center in Asheville. And we helped them with uh, young kids. We did different kind of events with them throughout the week. And then we also uh, helped with distributions, giving out healthy produce to families in need and giving out turkeys right before the holidays. All right. So to go down to, to be an alternative break, you have to sign up uh, well before. And the winter break signups were... On, in September, and those are at 7:30 a.m. So, is there a particular moment, or, or, you know, I know some people, you know, sign up together, maybe with friends. Uh, what was it like signing up for you, and how difficult was it to get a spot and an alternative break? Well, for a site leader, we don't have to do the sign up process, which is which is um, pretty nice because it is stressful. It's really hard as a participant, or to become a participant because you do have to get up pretty early, usually like at least 10, 15 minutes before. Make sure you're on the website and ready to go because the breaks fill up very quickly. Um, the alternative breaks program is really in high demand, so it's tough to get on the one you want, but it's, yeah, it's cool. Right, so this is your second alternative break, the first time yes. you were a participant, and that's when you had to sign up at, at 7.30. Uh, a lot of people say you have to keep refreshing the page yeah. uh, because there's uh, coveted spots up for grabs. This year there was 228 people in total, but that's there's 12 people in the group two site leaders, 10 participants. So in preparation for that, uh, you guys meet for eight weeks, you know, with, with training. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that, especially for you as a site leader? Uh, you have to, you know, kind of uh, have these different people who are all strangers and they have to bond and get together. So what were some of the activities you did uh, to make that happen? Yeah, uh, it is a really long process, one that the participants usually don't see you. you have a weekend getaway for training and that's where they sort of prepare you on how to get your group to bond and uh, what sort of activities you would do so uh, a lot of icebreakers which people usually aren't too much of a fan of and then we do different kinds of group builders um, games activities during the meetings we'll do them sometimes before or after and uh, you know you get the most out of it that you can it's tough to get everybody to bond in those one-hour meetings even though you have eight of them it seems like a lot it's uh it's tough to get really close, but um really where you get super close is the van ride there. That's that's the part where you really bond. Was there any uh, particular meeting? You know, you, you mentioned that you don't 
it's hard to get difficult to bond during those meetings, but was there any one particular moment that stood out uh, that you can recall? Uh, yeah, there's one game that's that's always pretty fun. You uh, write different questions on a beach ball, and then you toss it around, and wherever it lands, um, when you catch it, whichever spot your thumb is on, you answer that question. So we just like play uh, games like that, and that one's always cool because you get to know people and just mess around a little bit, but it's uh, not super in-depth during the meetings to get to know each other. It's just stuff like that. They're fun, short activities. Right. Um, so also at those meetings, you not only get the bomb, but you also learn a little bit a little bit more about uh, the group and organization that you're working with and the issue. Uh, what were some of the things you learned about during the process? Yeah, um, we talked about what we'd be doing at the youth center at the YMCA. We talked about Asheville, um, kind of what the demographics were, what uh, what the poverty level is at, how much the average income is. So you learn a lot about the area, um, what kind of people you'll be surrounded by, and then you also learn what uh, the actual service is. So we knew it was going to be a lot of sports and rec um, activities. So we looked up, one of the things was Gaga Ball. It was a game I had never heard of before, but we checked that out, and it's a, this huge octagon that you play in. And, uh, so we researched that because we ended up building a Gaga Ball pit while we were there. And the kids loved it. It's It was really fun. So we kind of um, got to know the sports that they play, the activities they did, and learn a little bit about uh, nutrition as well that we could bring with us to help out. All right, and uh, you mentioned uh, you uh, bonded on the van there. The trip down, is that, you know, like a 13-hour drive, right? So yep. you guys, you know, kind of met eight times, so it's like maybe eight hours of interaction. Now you have to meet for 13 hours yeah. in the car. Uh, what was that experience like, you know, really getting in the bond with these people? It's always very interesting, and it's different seeing it from a site leader's point of view because you want everyone to bond. That's sort of the, the ultimate goal. But uh, they were a really easygoing group, so we had six of us in each van, and we had walkie-talkies between the two vans just to keep track of each other and sort of have fun with it. But uh, it was it was cool. It was a good time. I mean, you're stuck with each other for 13 hours, so you got to find stuff to do. and. One of the vans was playing the license plate game, like just trying to get all 50, which is impossible with Alaska and Hawaii. Um, so we did that. So in my van, they started playing cards. And it was just little things like that where people come together and get to know each other and you just mess around because you're there. So it's pretty cool. Did you guys get any sleep on the vans or was it kind of just like a social time? Uh, it was a mix of both. At the beginning, we left pretty early. I think we left at 8 a.m. So the first couple hours were mostly nap time. But after that, everybody was awake and playing games and stuff and talking. All right, so when you got there, what was one of the first things that you guys did? Oh, man. Um, Saturday, we got there decently late. Um, Lisa, one of the coordinators with the YMCA, she met us, let us in, and gave us a short orientation. And she basically gave us keys to the building and set us up and told us uh, all the different stuff that Alternative Breaks have done there. And it was incredible to see that almost a lot of the stuff built there, especially for the kids, um, the games and stuff, had been built by Alternative Breaks programs. So we got to see that stuff the night we got there and then just kind of passed out after that. All right, so in terms of, you know, building the Gaga ball pit, mm -hmm. uh, what was that experience like? Because it seems like, you know, you learned a little bit about it and, you know, kind of makes the kids' day. So yeah. uh, how did you kind of construct that and put that together? Um, we didn't exactly know we'd be doing that until – Monday, the first day we got there, uh, or we, the first day we started the service, 
So they basically showed us the one they already had and how it was kind of getting wrecked because the kids love it so much that they play on it all the time. And it's a, uh, it's a very physical game. So, I mean, it's getting beat up and it's just a wooden structure that you build. So we basically modeled it off that they had all the wood, they had the supplies and tools. Um, so we just kind of split up the jobs according to what people wanted to do and what they could do. And then laid the outline for the pit and, uh, just started setting it up. I mean, it was it was a process. We had to cut the wood, and then um, we had to put poles in and surround them with cement and stuff. So it, it was it was a process, but we did it in about five hours, which was pretty crazy because it's I think it's like twenty feet across, so it's pretty big. And um, we got it done with about five or six people, I think, and the other people were doing other service. All right, so the kids, you know, got to play after you guys made yep. it. Uh, did you play with them or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we definitely got to check it out and see what Gaga Ball was all about, and it, it is a lot of fun. It's very cool. All right, so what was that uh, experience like, you know, playing with the kid and seeing that emotion? Does it kind of, you know, kind of bring the trip a little bit full circle in a way? Yeah, it was nice to have that moment after talking about it for so long and all the training and preparation. Once you actually get there and start to interact with the kids, it's just it's awesome. They're so fun, and they were so happy, and they uh, really appreciated the fact that we had come there to build that for them. And now they, all of a sudden in a day, when they got there after school, they had another Gaga Ball pit. And they they were just so excited walking in. They Their faces lit up, and then we got to go play with them in it. And it was just, it was awesome. They loved it. Now, not only did that, but you mentioned, you know, um, kind of cleaning out a, a, a creek. Yeah, yeah. We had to do, uh, I think it was called stream remediation, which was a, uh, technical term that the guy told us and we didn't really understand but uh we basically had to clean out all the muck and leaves and dirt that had gotten in there um took that all out and then filled it with rocks to kind of filter the water through um so that was another another project the next day that we did and that was very laboring it was pretty hard but everybody had good spirits about it and we got it done so it was cool yeah, you mentioned uh, it's a lot of hard work and labor, and mm-hmm. sometimes it can be frustrating, challenging, uh, maybe boring at times. Uh, yeah. How do you guys kind of motivate each other, you know, all, all 12 of you together? What was, you know, uh, the reasons that you guys were able to pick yourselves up and get through through the day? I think it helps that everybody's there for the same reason. We all uh, have one goal in mind, and that's to help out, to set aside time for from ourselves and give it to others. So once you kind of have that, um, one track mind it's pretty easy to inspire people and just just go out there have fun keep a positive attitude that's that's one of the things we always stress is just have a good time stay positive lift each other up and uh, we play music with bluetooth speakers and just anything to basically have fun and just talk while we're doing the work and mess around but it, it is a good time even though it's hard work you just you know it's just cool it's it's fun now outside of a uh, gaga ball and uh, you know the labor aspects of it. Were there any other type of sports that you guys played uh, with with the kids? That yeah, we uh, had two days where we did a sort of like an Olympics day or field day. So we got to set up uh, different stations with different events. We one of them was Gaga Ball. One of them was Nine Square, which is a crazy game. It's instead of four square on the ground, it's nine square up in the air, and you hit the ball uh, through these like squares. <laughs> it's like made out of PVC pipe. It's a strange thing to see. So we played nine square, gaga ball, um, we had soccer going, there was lightning, basketball, um, 
and then there was an obstacle course that one of the participants created and it was it was a very creative thing to do because he brought a lot of the stuff they had there together to make an obstacle course and utilize the slide and different things like that so we got to do a lot of cool stuff with them it was really fun all right so one of the interesting things uh, that you mentioned you not only you know play with the kids but you also uh, delivered food and, and produce and you had this interesting story uh handing out turkeys now can you kind of just describe it for people who may not have read the article yet or yeah so basically we did uh food distributions um somewhere at the actual youth center that we were staying at and doing our service some on friday we also did uh three distributions in three different low-income areas so basically we had fresh produce that we would uh set up on tables and people come they know when the distribution is happening so um They'll come get the fresh produce, but what they didn't know was that uh, the YMCA had actually gotten turkeys that were donated um, for Christmas so that people could have good Christmas dinners. So once we told the people there they were at the distribution, they just, they lit up and it was very cool to see how excited they were that they could get that fresh produce and turkeys and something that we take for granted a lot of the time. Um, And then we would give it to them, they'd pick out what they wanted and uh, we would help them carry it to their car. And then one of the participants, Ernie and I, we were carrying uh, turkeys and produce to one of the people, or three of the people that had come. And when we got to their car and dropped it off, they basically just stopped us, gave us hugs, and said thanks for caring. And that was uh, that was one of the that was probably the best moment of the trip. It was very eye opening, and it was cool to see that our work was appreciated. It was it was a very intense moment. It's so other than that moment, because you said that was the best moment of the trip. Was there any uh, a specific experience that, you know, kind of made it all worth it, or was it just that? Um, honestly, the whole week was pretty awesome. It was, it was weird because my co-site leader, Alexander, and I were just kind of waiting for something to go wrong, but everything went right the whole time. And I think uh, what really made it was probably the group bonding. That is just, it's crazy to go there with 12 people you hardly know and then come out and you're all best friends. It's, it's really cool to make those connections with people and to do something that's um, so impactful. So it was really nice. Plus, I mean, working with the kids was great. When we were leaving, they didn't want us to go. Then they would they would ask us, when are you guys coming back? Which is really hard when you have to drive back to Michigan. Right. Um, but honestly, the food distributions were amazing. It was great to work with the kids. They, we loved being with them, and they liked having us there. And then just the group dynamic. So it really all comes together to make an amazing trip. How do you kind of balance, you know, the volunteering time with the social time? Because it's a time, there's a time to work, and then there's a time, you know, you mentioned the interaction between your groups. So mm-hmm. you as a site leader, how did you kind of balance that out? Um, we try to keep it light during service. Uh, obviously, let people mess around a little bit, have some fun. You can talk and do whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they really balanced it out themselves very well, which was it made it really easy on us as uh, co-site leaders because they just, they kind of figured it out on their own. But uh, we would also do uh, reflections at night and have little meetings and stuff. So that was a time to focus for sure. We wouldn't talk a lot. Um, but then you have stuff like dinner when we'd all come together, make dinner, you'd get to talk during that and um, obviously have good conversations while you're eating. But then they also had Euchre Club. <laughs> Some people would play Euchre or different games at the end of the night and just uh, kind of have a good time. But yeah, they, they were great. They really kind of knew how to balance it out themselves, which was really nice for us. 
And you mentioned the reflection night. It seems like everyone, there, there was 19 winter alternative breaks, and it seems like all the groups had to do this reflection night each night and kind of, you know, go over stuff they did over the day and how they can improve. Uh, was there any particular uh, memory uh, from that reflection night, you know, that, that really stood out to you? Yeah. Um, reflections are really important throughout the week because then you get to actually sit down and discuss what you did and not everybody works with each other all week we get split up sometimes so it was just cool to see what goes on throughout the day and have people just talk about what they felt what they saw um but probably the coolest part is the last night you uh it's it's not so much a reflection as a group builder technically but uh it's called tap someone who where it's uh basically there are different sentences everyone will sit down in a circle close their eyes and you'll It'll be one of the site leaders and then two other participants, and you'll stand in the middle, and you read off sentences like, tap someone who made you laugh, and then those three people will go around the circle and tap the people sitting who don't know who it is, um, or it'll be tap someone who made a difference, tap someone who did a really great job on the Gaga ball pit, stuff like that. So that was a, that was a very cool moment to have, to sort of see the little things that people notice about you throughout the week. Um, that was a great, great time. And then after that, we discussed basically how that made them feel, um, what they got out of the trip and just sort of went over everything we had done. So that last night was, uh, there were some tears from a couple people. It was, uh, it was an intense emotional night, but, uh, we got a lot out of it and it was really cool. And then really all the reflections ended up going pretty well. And then, uh, the last day when you guys left and had to take, is it, is it 13 hours uh, from Mount Pleasant to Asheville? Yes, okay. yep. yeah. with stops with stop. included. Yeah, so how would you maybe differentiate the ride back to the ride there? You know, the ride there, you guys are kind of, you know, getting together mm-hmm. and bonding, but after you had the whole week interacting, volunteering, what was that ride back like? A lot more sleep. <laughs> People <laughs> were pretty exhausted. Um, it was a very physically demanding week. We did a lot, so... So people were definitely catching up on their rest. Um, but surprisingly, it wasn't too much different. I mean, everyone was still, everyone still had a lot of energy, which was very surprising. That was one of the things that shocked me because as a participant on the way back um, on the spring trip that I had done, it was very different. People were not happy. They were ready to get back. But on this trip that I site led, the group was just still very excited, still very happy. They were talking about the week and everything that they had done. And it was just, it was cool to see how happy they were even though we were getting back so early on Christmas Eve I mean I think we got back in at midnight or 1 a.m. or something like that but they were in high spirits and either slept or just kind of talked right so in terms of fundraising uh, they said these trips usually cost up to $300 but my winter break it's about 200 and there's travel grants CMU pays for 25 percent of it and site leaders get a hundred dollars off correct yep Yep. So, and then the fundraising efforts, you know, there's can drives, there's selling cheesecakes from Max and Emily's and candles. Um, so what were some of the other fundraising activities that there were and, uh, how much did your group have to pay overall? Uh, yeah. So we did the, the ones that all of alternative breaks did, which you said were the candles and the, um, cheesecakes, I think. And then there was also the midnight skate, which is one of the that's my favorite fundraiser it's just super fun you pay a couple bucks to get your skates and go out there for 30 minutes and they sell grilled cheeses i think as well um which also goes toward the fundraising that's distributed to all the groups and i think the group in first place gets a little something extra um 
and we were close. I know we had we had a lot of people come. We brought friends and stuff. So that one's that one's always a good time. But we also did uh, can drives, like you said. I think we did two can drives in the dorms, so that adds up as well. But um, yeah, individually it's different for everyone. But I talked to some people who paid twelve dollars. I talked to some people who paid fifty dollars. So it was it was anywhere from twelve fifteen bucks to maybe seventy five a hundred dollars. But really, depending on how much you do, it it can really be a cheap trip. Yeah, so in terms of cheapness, are you surprised it's this cheap, you know, being able to leave the state and do all these uh, fun activities that can benefit someone? Are you surprised it's, you know, less than $300? Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy that they can afford to send 12 people across state lines and then feed them for seven days. And we get a night out where everybody gets $10 to go eat. Um, if you go over that, you pay for yourself, obviously, whatever's left. But they really do a good job. I mean, food budgets are huge. You have a lot of food allotted to you throughout the week. And it's it's impressive how well the Alternative Breaks program really sets that up, and they give you a lot to work with. It's really nice. And the Alternative Breaks program has a student advisory committee that kind of trains the site leaders. Uh, so with you being the site leader for this trip, how impactful were they and how they help you to get to the role you want to be? Yeah, yeah. Um, Board, the board for Alternative Breaks is just, they're very impressive. It's its crazy to see how much work they put into it because, like I always say, participants don't see everything that a site leader does, but site leaders don't see everything that board members do. And uh, they killed it. <laughs> they did so well, and they trained us. And obviously, they take a lot of time out of their weeks to, to deal with everything involved with Alternative Breaks. They're thinking about it all the time. They're always working toward making everybody's trips great. And it's different for them because site leaders may be one season. You might be doing winter or spring or summer, but the board members go all year. So it's it's pretty crazy how much work they put into it, but they do a good job. They're very impressive. All right, so spring 2016, uh, can you please remind me of your, your uh, alternative break that season? Yeah, I was on the uh, HIV AIDS trip. Yep. We went to St. Louis, um, and we worked with a, at a place called Food Outreach. And it was uh, similar to the distributions we did with the YMCA this year, or um, yeah, for the winter trip. But we basically uh, would cook food, and then people would come there. There were uh, some demos. They would learn how to prepare the food for themselves and uh, cook healthy, healthy meals. But we'd also eat with them. We'd give them fresh food that they could get. It was basically a, it's sort of like a grocery store setup almost. They have their own kitchen, and you can eat there. And they do classes, but you can also just go in there to get all sorts of meals and produce as well. So it was cool to work there because uh, anyone there had either HIV, AIDS, or cancer. And it's tough for them to pay for both medicine and food. It's, it's not a cheap thing to, to live with. So it was very cool to be able to interact with them and help them out. All right. So when you sign up for an alternative break, you are not given a location. You're given just an issue. So... Yep. Why was uh, that an issue? And I know, you, did you get to pick, uh, for being a site layer, you got to pick uh, this past one you, yourself? Um, you have preferences, basically. And, they, yeah. yeah, the board members really try to give you your top three choices if they can. Access to Sports and Rec was my number one, so I got pretty lucky. Uh, I think for my co was her number two or something like that. So you, you have a definite say in what you'll be doing, but it's really how it works out. You never You never know for sure. Um, but yeah, as a participant, it can be hard because you might have something in mind, but it, it just fills up so fast. Like 
the HIV AIDS trip I was I went on was not the one I planned on going on. That wasn't the one I was trying to sign up for. Um, but is the one I ended up going on, and it was just, I think it was, it, I feel like it happened for a reason because it was such a great trip, and I learned so much. So uh, it's it's an interesting process, and it's not the easiest, but I feel like it always ends up working out in the end somehow. All right, so how did you kind of see yourself growing from a, a participant to a slight layer? It seems like a pattern is that people, you know, go on their first alternative break, they really like it so much, and then they want to be a site leader because maybe their site leaders had an impact on them. So what was that process like for you? Uh, I think my site leaders played a huge role in it. They definitely uh, they showed me how to do it right, and we just had such a good time, and we did so many good things on my service trip the first time that I really wanted to dedicate some time to the program and be a part of it in a different caliber as well. So it was um, it was a decision I made once once the first week was over on my trip to St. Louis. I pretty much knew that I wanted to do it, and they also kind of nudged me a bit. They said, you'd be a good site leader. So uh, I was pretty inspired to try and do it myself. And then obviously sign up, interviews, um, then you go through training, and it's it's a long process, but it's definitely very worth it in the end. Once you actually go on that trip and make the connections and do the service, it's uh, it's unique. There's nothing else like it. You can't you can't get the feeling you get from alternative breaks anywhere else. Have you kind of met with uh, your group or with the al- other alternative breaks after you guys came back, and uh, what was kind of the the feelings through everyone's breaks? Uh, I haven't <laughs> I haven't talked to many other site leaders about their trips yet. Um, I've, we have uh, reorientation is this Thursday. Um, so we'll be getting back with everybody, getting back with their own groups, and that'll be pretty cool. We'll watch some videos and look at photos. So that'll that'll be the time to reconnect with everyone and see how it went. But I haven't, I haven't heard much from many people uh, except for what I've seen on social media. And it looks like everybody had a great time. I mean, for the most part, the site leaders I know really love their trips. All right, so you are going to be graduating this semester. Yep. So this was your last uh, alternate break. Yes. So you went on two, one as a participant, one as a site leader, and you seem to have, you know, the full experience. Um, so maybe if there's students out there considering going on alternate break, why should they do it? Yeah. Um, honestly, it's just it's an experience of a lifetime. You, you just get to do such amazing service. You have to give up your own time. You might have to pay a little bit, but it ends off paying off in a different way. You get so much out of it because we go there to help other people, but a lot of times they don't realize how much they're doing for us. You learn a lot. You grow. um, You make best friends, and you get to go see another part of the country, and it's just you gain a lot from doing this, something like this, and uh, it's a very unique experience, one that I think everyone should do at least once. And it's just, it's very cool. It's its special. And like I said, there's nothing else like alternative breaks. The feeling you get from it is just, it's surreal. Well, it sounds like you had a good time, Colin. And uh, I appreciate you coming and, and taking the time to, to speak with me and, and share your insight with, with our listeners and our readers. So yeah, of course. thanks for coming on. Uh, alternative summer break signups, those are January 30th at 7.30 a.m. on Orc Sink. Uh, thanks for tuning in. You can pick up a copy of CM Life uh, to read more about alternative breaks. Uh, again, we publish Monday and Thursday, uh, so be sure to pick up a copy, read read our coverage, and uh, we hope to be hearing from everyone soon. Thanks.
Hey guys, if you're liking this podcast and others, always check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud where you can download and listen to us and stream us live. You can also check us out at cm-life.com. Be sure to check out our Facebook and our Twitter for more information on podcasts and other entertainment on campus. Thank you.